Okay, so like Colina said, my name is Caitlin. I am one of the leaders here at Flood Blantyre. And so we are in the midst of a series on the fruit of the spirit. And so we've covered love, we've covered joy, we've covered peace. So now I get to talk to us about my least favorite uh, fruit of the spirit, patience. <laughs> like, I swear the Lord has a sense of humor because if there's one thing that I do not have in this world, it is patience. And so I actually was telling my mom the other day, I was like, mom, I'm preaching on patience. And she just laughed at me. <laughs> she just was like, why are you preaching on patience? And I was like, exactly. I don't know. The Lord has a sense of humor. So let me tell you, this sermon that I'm about to preach is mostly for myself. I hope you all can glean some uh, good information from it. But like this, I was like, Jesus, come on. Like, and here's the other thing. The joke is that you should never pray for patience. Let me also tell you, you should never preach on patience because the Lord will give you plenty of uh, like really good sermon content the leading up to the week of patience. So um, I don't know if you guys heard, but the president was in town and I got stuck on the highway for like 30 minutes just sitting there. And I was like, Lord, why? <laughs> like, and then I was also like, God, I still don't, I don't have patience yet. And then I found my way off the highway and through a back road because I just couldn't do it. You know, like I was like, all right, I'm failing at patience. So anyways, I literally have gotten, yeah, we had way too many examples of patience. Someone hit my car and then ran away. Like I had to go to road traffic all day. It was a whole mess this week. So yeah, if you want to uh, pray for patience or preach on patience, just brace yourself, guys. The Lord's like, all right, here we go. So Anyways, here we go. We're going to learn about patience this week. Um, so we are going to be reading from Galatians 5, 22 through 26. So I'm going to invite you all to stand with me as I read the Lord's word, just out of respect for God's word this morning. So Galatians 5, 22 through 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the, the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So that is the word of the Lord for us today. You may be seated. All right, so as this week I was kind of like listening to the Spirit because let's be honest, I had nothing of my own volition to give you about patience because I don't have patience. So I started, as anywhere would do, uh, with the dictionary <laughs> next to the Bible. We started with the Bible and then I went to the dictionary to look up what the actual definition of patience was. And so the dictionary definition of patience says the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. And so I just thought that was such a good, like, rich definition of patience, and even, like, what the fruit of patience looks like, which is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. And so... I don't know about you guys, because I was like, oh, patience is about waiting, right? Like, 
we have to like wait patiently. That's kind of what your like parents probably told you when you were a child. Um, and I was like, oh man, it's like so much more than waiting. I realized, you know, cause I was like, oh, we just have to like wait properly, you know, like don't complain. And I was like, oh man, no, it's actually like patience is about our capacities. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like when I have to wait for something, it's usually part of something that I'm desiring. And so like, the patience and desire are kind of like there's one uh, side of each coin because we could probably patiently wait for something we don't want fairly easily, right? Like you're like, yeah, like I don't think I want um, to like go deal with road traffic. So like I'm just going to patiently wait and like put it off, right? Like that's easy to do. But if you're like, oh man, like I know that like my birthday's coming and I'm really excited for my birthday party, like maybe waiting patiently for that is a little bit more challenging. So um, I just wanted to like get that out there. So it's like patience and desire. And so I think for me, especially when the Lord puts a desire on my heart, I'm always like, I'm not uh, patiently waiting. I feel like I'm very anxiously waiting. And I'm just like, Lord, okay, um, I feel like you've put this thing on my heart. But like, is, is this the right step to take? Like, um, am I doing the right thing? Like, what if I, like, take this step? Is this right? Am I going in the right direction? I feel like all these questions just kind of, like, swirl in my head where I'm just like, okay, Jesus, I know that you're calling me to do this thing, but, like, ah, I don't know. You know, like, it's that anxious, anxious waiting, right? Um, and so I was actually, like, sitting and thinking, and I was like, man, like, I wonder who else was anxiously waiting for something in the Bible? And I feel like I was like, oh, man, if there's anybody that knows about, like, waiting and patience, it's Abraham. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know the timeline. I actually had to look it up because I was like, man, I don't know exactly the timeline between when Abraham got his calling from the Lord that he was going to be the father of many nations. Hey, Ellie, how are you? You want to come preach with me? Come here. Come here. You can come preach with me. You got a cool feather there. Um, this is Ellie. Ellie, you want to learn about Abraham? It's a raven feather? That's awesome. All right. So Abraham, this is what we got. He got the calling from the Lord when he was 75 years old. So he had already waited 75 years old. Got this amazing calling from the Lord that he was going to be the father of many nations. He was going to be a blessing. This was his calling, right? So he's also thinking like, okay, I'm pretty old. I don't have any children of my own. So like, how is this physically going to happen? Like, how am I going to be this, like fulfill this calling that the Lord has put on my heart? And so... Abraham waited 10 years. That's a long time to wait, and that's a long time to be, like, trying to trust in God. And then he basically was just like, yeah, I'm over this. Like, I'm just going to make this happen on my own, which is when he took Hagar to then have a baby, you know, because he was like, all right, Lord, this is clearly, I've waited 10 years. This is clearly not happening. I get that you've had this call, but he ultimately took matters into his own hands, and Ishmael was born, right? And Ishmael was not the chosen one. The Lord did not want uh, the, literally the nation of Israel to be born out of, um, from a slave. He wanted to be born out of freedom and out of Sarah. And so literally after, so he's just waited for 10 years. He's like, all right, I'm taking matters into my own hands. We know the story. It didn't end well. There was a lot of hurt, a lot of drama. Then, after Ishmael was born, the Lord made him wait for 15 more years before Isaac was born. Like, 15 years is a long time. 
that's five times Ellie's age, you know, like that's a long time to wait. So now it's been 25 years that Abraham has had to wait for the Lord and to be patient. And so I feel like the story of Abraham is a cautionary tale because when we take matters into our own hands and we don't um, kind of trust what the Lord is doing in our lives, bad things happen. Or like things get messy and chaotic and they don't need to get very messy and chaotic, if that makes sense. So I want, as I was kind of like asking the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, I don't want to be like Abraham. One, I don't want to wait for 25 years for your promises, but like if I had to wait for 25 years, like give me a strategy, like help me out here because like I am weak and I'm just a girl, you know, like I just like can't do this on my own. So I felt like as I was asking the spirit, like, Lord, okay, how do I wait well? How do I have patience? I felt like he was like, okay, well, we need to break down this patience thing. And patience does involve trust. So we know that we have to trust the Lord and that's how we become patient. But then I was like, Lord, we can't just like just have trust. We need to have more than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, so we have to trust, right? But then trusting is also one of those like seemingly maybe passive things where you're like, cool, yeah, I'm going to trust in God. And you're like, and how do you do that? You know, like, I don't know. So I was like, okay, like, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me. Like, I need a way forward here because I need some help. So I feel like the Lord and the Holy Spirit gave me a way forward that I want to share with you all this morning. But I wanted it to be a little bit more interactive. So you guys are going to have to work with me a little bit. So I want you guys to sit and take, like, 30 seconds. And I want you to sit and think of a situation right now in your life, a real-life situation, where you feel like the Lord is calling you to be patient in. So it's maybe a desire of your heart that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's, um, yeah, just a certain situation that hasn't been resolved yet. But just, like, sit, close your eyes if you need to, and think of a situation where you are required to have patience. All right, does everyone have that thing? I want you to keep that thing in your mind as I'm kind of continuing on because I want you to be really wrestling with what the Lord is saying to you about that specific thing that you've thought of. So as I was sitting and asking the Lord, all right, Lord, how do we have patience? How do we wait well, especially for the things that we really desire? Um, I feel like he gave me this word. And so it says, how we grow our capacities to tolerate delays, problems, or sufferings without becoming annoyed or anxious is not just simply by trusting, but it's actually by discerning. And so I'm going to walk us through these steps of discernment because I believe that the Lord is not just um, giving us these things that are on our hearts and then just being like, yeah, but like, hold on, just like wait for 10 years or 15 years or 25 years, like I'll come back to you. I don't think that's how the Lord works. So I think the Lord is actively working in and through our lives, even in the midst of the time where it feels like maybe he's absent or this thing's not moving or there's a lot of like unworked uh, through stuff. So I feel like this discerning 
is this process that we're going to be in partnership with God about what he's doing in our lives in the midst of our waiting time. So it's giving us some tangible tools to work on and to go through while we're in the midst of waiting. And so that's going to lead us into being patient. And so as I was like looking up discerning, um, I the Lord brought to mind this book that I've read, um, and I love it. It's called Pursuing God's Will Together, and it's by Ruth Haley Barton. She's one of my favorite theologians. Um, and she has some really, really helpful, just actual tangible steps that we can walk through of how to be discerning people, and not just discerning like within ourselves, but actually discerning within our communities. Because I feel like a lot of times, like as Christians, we're like, okay, um, I like... For example, like for me, I feel the Lord is calling me to move to Malawi. And then it's like I could have just chosen to just sit with that myself, keep that to myself, be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray about that. But I think it's actually like why we have the church. And so we needed to bring other people in and bring other people with us along in our journey. So we're going to get to that whole stuff. But um, Ruth Haley Barton's definition of discernment was one that I thought was really awesome. So her definition of discernment is, a quality of attentiveness, recognizing and responding to God that develops over time into the ability to sense God's heart and purpose in any given moment. So I'm going to read that one more time because it's that good. Discernment is a quality of attentiveness, recognizing and responding to God that develops over time into the ability to sense God's heart and purpose in any given moment. And so I believe that discernment is what it looks like for us is recognizing the work that the Lord is doing in and through our lives while we're in the midst of this waiting period. And so um, I feel like, how do we do that? You know, you're like, cool, 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 discernment, great. But like, what are the steps? How do I actually be uh, someone that is discerning? And so in Ruth Haley Barton's book, uh, she has three steps for how we can be discerning people. Um, and so her first step, they all involve prayer. Go figure. Um, so prayer is just talking to God. And so we need to have kind of one ear to the Lord and one ear to the situation, if that makes sense. And so step one of how we can be a people that are discerning is we need to pray for indifference. So that might seem a little crazy, <laughs> but what the prayer for indifference looks like is it looks like you praying, Lord, I want to be completely indifferent. I want to have no opinions. I want to care about nothing else than your will for this situation and for my life. And so uh, her, Ruth Haley Barton, uh, she says, this is the internal freedom of a state of openness to God in which we are free from undue attachment to any particular outcome. And so the prayer for indifference, I'm going to say keep saying that for because the second step is the prayer of indifference, but we're not there yet. So the prayer for indifference looks like us praying, all right, Lord, I have this desire on my heart. I really care about this thing. I really want this thing to happen. But God, if that's not your will, if that's not what you want, please make me indifferent to any of the outcomes that are not what you want for me. And so um, she has a really cool line in her book that she says, like, we want, to get, we want to get to a place where we want God's will 
nothing more, nothing else, nothing less. And so I feel like when you're um, in that situation, it's really, really difficult. I mean, trust me, like it's really, really, really difficult to be praying, God, let me be indifferent to anything else that's not your will. But I feel like that's a helpful place for us to be because that's opening and softening and kind of molding our hearts to then actually be trusting God and to be looking and being open to what God actually wants for us in this situation. Because I think for a lot of, I mean, I'll just speak for me. For me, when I want something, I'm like, no, Lord, I want you to take care of this and this and this, and I want it this way, and can you make this happen on my timeline? Great, thanks. Like, that's like sometimes what my prayers are, right? I'm just like, no, Lord, like, I think I got this, you know? Like, I think I can just, like, put my head down, force this thing to happen, and, like, I'm going to bring you with me instead of having you lead me <laughs> um, in this situation. So in your situation that you've, you've thought of on your own, what does that look like for you to pray a prayer for indifference? So I just want you to, like, be thinking about that as we kind of move on. So the second prayer of how we are becoming a discerning people is we're praying the prayer of indifference. So once we have prayed for indifference, also, let me just back up. The prayer for indifference is not easy. Like, that's a really hard place to get. And I genuinely, genuinely believe that we cannot get there on our own. We have to have the Spirit do the work in us because we're humans and we want what we want and we want it when we want it, you know? And so the Lord has to really be working on our hearts and our spirits. But once you feel like the Lord has actually authentically given you a spirit of indifference to whatever is not the will of God, then you can move on to the prayer of indifference. And so what the prayer of indifference looks like is that you're saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And so this prayer of indifference is also not an easy place to get to because you kind of already have to have the foundation that like, okay, Father, like, please just wipe away anything that's not of you. Take away these desires that are not the will of you. Of you. And then you need to pray the prayer of indifference. And so um, we need to examine our hearts. This, the prayer of indifference is a lot about examine. So we need to examine our hearts and ask the Lord if there's anything in us that, we, that needs to die in order for us to be in alignment with what the Lord is doing in our lives. And that is not an easy place to be either. You really, really have to kind of be authentic with yourself, be honest with where you're at, and really let the Lord speak to you, speak to your heart, um, and be open to letting these things go. And you have to be open to letting these things, and they might even be good things. That's sometimes the hardest thing where you're like, oh, but this is such a good thing, God. And he's like, yeah, but I need you to let that go so that I can bring you something even better. Um, and so that is the prayer of indifference. That is, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Um, and so when you feel like you've prayed the prayer for indifference, you've asked the Spirit, you've asked the Father to give yourself a heart of indifference, then you can pray of indifference. So when you're in that place of indifference, be like, Father, let anything that is not of you just be flowing and washing away from me so that I can just focus on your will for my life. And then, once you get there, you can enter the third step, which is the final step of discernment, 
And that's the prayer for wisdom. And so I feel like um, Ruth Haley Barton says, the prayer for wisdom is to be able to recognize places of unfreedom where we are disproportionately attached to a particular outcome rather than being indifferent to anything but the will of God. And so uh, James 1, 5 through 6 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And so when we pray for wisdom, this is when we're going to bring our community in, because there is wisdom in our church. There is good, wise people. You know, the Bible talks about inviting wise counsel in, and I think there's something to that. You know, it says when two or more are gathered, your spirit will also be there. So the prayer for wisdom looks not just like asking God for wisdom for yourself, but also bringing a trusted other. Maybe that's a family member, maybe that's a friend or a mentor, but bringing others with you into the situation um, so that they can pray into it with you. And they can bring in maybe a new perspective, they can um, be a support system for you in this so that you're not alone. I think that is the big, big piece um, of wisdom is that you're not doing this on your own. And so we have, think of, thinking back to that situation that you were thinking of, we have the prayer for indifference. Then once you get there, you can pray of indifference. And then you have the prayer for wisdom. And so being patient in the waiting time, in this time where these, this issue is not resolved or this desire is not met, um, when you are discerning, when you have actually invited the Lord into it, it actually creates this sense of stability. You're actually not shaken now when you're starting to doubt, like, Lord, is this really what you told me? Lord, is this, like, really the promise that you've given me? Like, when you're going through this discernment process and you're taking the steps and you're really, really authentically inviting God into these situations, it becomes a more stable ground. So you're, you can be less anxious. You can be less annoyed when these things come at you because they will always come at you. We know this. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, Father, I get it. I can be patient because I'm not just waiting around doing nothing. I'm actually actively working on listening to God's heart and then responding to what he's saying to me. Um, and so this discernment piece, I feel like when we go through these steps, when we take the time to really, really examine our hearts, that ultimately leads to us trusting God. Because we've heard from the Lord, we said, make us indifferent to anything that's not your will. So then we have a heart that's just solely focused on what the Lord wants for us. So then we have that firm foundation of trust, right? So it's like, okay, you can come back to that. When you feel like you're starting to wobble. When it's been maybe 15 years <laughs> or 25 years, you can have that stable and firm foundation because you've discerned and you're like, nope, Father, I trust you. I, I believe that what you've said is true because I'm indifferent to anything else. And you'll have that firm foundation to then, once you also have, so discernment leads to trust, and then trust leads to patience. Because I feel like us trusting in the Father will allow us to be 
more patient. And I just want to read that definition of patience again because I think it's that important. But once we have the trust built by the Father, we will actually have the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Because we'll have that firm foundation that, no, if, if something else comes in and that's like, oh, but, and this also happens, I feel like the devil likes to say, like, but what about that? But what about that over there? What about this thing? You're like, nope, 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 nope. I don't have to, I don't have to be like, yeah, what about that thing, right? You're like, no, I am indifferent to those things because those are not what the Lord wants for me. I can be laser focused in on the things that God is calling me to do. And so I can have that firm foundation and trust. And that is how we have patience. So um, I have some next steps for us. And then we're going to go into like a time of prayer because I actually want us to practice this. So I think sometimes it's helpful when um, we just heard a message to then literally directly turn around and put it into practice. So I'm going to read some next steps for us. And then I'm going to lead us through um, a prayer time to where we're actually going to start step number one in discernment, and we're going to pray the prayer for indifference. So I'm going to invite Jonah up, um, and while he's kind of getting set up, our next steps are just one, identify an area in your life where you are not being very patient. (laughs) We all have them. It is all right. So just identify one area in your life where you feel like you're not being very patient. And then step number two is I want you to walk through the steps of discernment in order for you to prepare your heart for the Lord's will. And then our next step three is a simple breath prayer. So I don't know if you've ever done a breath prayer before. I love them. They're very grounding and very centering. And so, and they're very simple, which is nice. And you can do them anywhere. So the simple breath prayer is just on your inhale, you pray, Father, not my will. So then you inhale. And then on your exhale, you pray, but your will be done. So you say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And you exhale. And I love breath prayer because it just really does ground you. It kind of like calms your spirit. It really just puts you in a centering place to where that you can hear the word of the Lord and you can ultimately be standing firm in the will that he has for you. So I am going to pray for us. I have a prayer by um, Ted Loader, and I pulled this prayer specifically because I thought it was very awesome and relevant to our conversation on discernment. So I'm going to just pray for this prayer, and then I want you guys to take about two to three minutes. Jonah's gonna play some music in the background, and I want you to just start that prayer for indifference. So I want you to pray, Lord, help me be indifferent to any outcome in this specific situation that is not your will. You think you can do that? I think you guys can do that. All right. So, Lord, I believe my life is touched by you, that you want something for me and of me. Give me ears to hear you, eyes to see the tracing of your finger and a heart quickened by the motions of your spirit. Amen.